The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger. And uh, we're back for another hopefully exciting episode, a fun topic uh, this time around. I think, well, most of our topics are pretty fun, I think, but that's okay. Um, But Roger, as as we like to kind of have a little bit of an icebreaker for us, because, you know, we we don't know each other that well. We need to get to know each other, you know, barely, barely work together for, I don't know, seven Mm -hmm. years. So, (laughs) um, so here's, here's a, here's a question for you. Roger, would you rather preach, okay, or teach? Kind of putting the, we'll put those together. Preach, teach, so kind of orally, uh, or write, because I know you're doing a little bit of both. So, oral preaching, teaching, or written form. Hmm. <laughs> so I will say it's changed over the years so in seminary or right after seminary it was all about preaching Mm -hmm. and teaching publicly orally Mm -hmm. because you had so much you were just given so much like i just want to tell everybody about all this stuff i know now right (laughs) yeah yeah but over the years as i've transitioned in a sense of I'm doing less teaching and preaching than I have in the past. I'm starting to get interested in writing and trying to see, is that helpful to others? Mm. Is it a way to encourage other people through writing? So I'm actually enjoying the process. It's hard my brain hurts. And sometimes I sit at a blank screen and think, why does nothing coming out of my brain <laughs> that makes any sense? Um, uh, but I like the process and I'm asking the Lord, is this a, you know, is this something I should continue doing? Um, and, you know, I'll still teach and preach when asked, but uh, I, I'm really interested in writing right now, but but what about you? I don't, I don't know if you can answer because if you say it's writing and you're preaching every week, then. <laughs> well, I, I, I write, I write manuscripts for everything that I preach. That's, so that's true. <laughs> in, some sense, uh, in some sense, it's kind of a both end. I, and I think that's, that's one of my big problems is I do have an interest in both. Um, yeah. But um, in terms of my investment, time investment, other than, kind of the dissertation and papers that were more academic um, or some blog posts that I do almost everything that I've done has been more kind of oral communication Mm. and intended for the ear rather than the eyes. Um, And so it's, it's interesting. I do, I do want to write. I would like to, I I think, um, I think there, there's a skill set there that I'd like to, use and and develop further Uh, but at the same time i i do think i do very much enjoy kind of the oral presentation the oral teaching maybe teaching even more than preaching per se i I kind Mm. of distinguish between uh, sermons and and other kind of teaching uh 
but you know, however the Lord wants to use us, I think we're, we're willing, willing vessels. Um, but I thought, I know, cause I know you've been writing more and I know you're doing book reviews and things, which I think are really wonderful yeah. and helpful. So actually I'm not going to try and embarrass you, but can you tell us again, your website, Roger, that has these reviews and things. So only, <laughs> only true hope dot com only and true so, hope.com yes can we put that in our notes somewhere rogers so that people can yeah see? it's in yeah it's on our our on uh, web page for rod and staff.org okay um we can put them in the show notes too and we'll uh i know you blog periodically too we'll put your blog uh there too so we can but i don't i'm not doing it as often as you these days so it's good but yeah uh let's get your, let's get your website out there. It's good. (laughs) I I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it. I think it's really edifying. So, um, well, we're, we're, uh, back at it again. Another really cool topic, um, for us to, to think through. And and this comes out of my preaching, I guess. So (laughs) yeah, it kind of works. I recently preached a sermon on, uh, the topic of men, women, and sound doctrine. Uh, taken mm-hmm. out of Titus two, and um, it was a sermon that I actually got quite a bit of feedback <laughs> on. Okay, and, and thankfully it was actually quite positive. The feedback, which I was—I don't want to say I was surprised, but maybe somewhat—based uh, on some of the people that that were as positive as they were, or challenged mm-hmm. by it, which I, I liked. They were they were attentive and listening. But um, let me tell you where where some of this comes from, Roger. I, I've been really struggling with uh, seeing kind of what's happening out there in the evangelical mm-hmm. world. And you and I have talked about some of this. Uh, we, we see a lot of the abuse, uh, the, the misuse of power. <laughs> um, we see the way, uh, well, a lot of the men in leadership are treating particularly the women uh, that are under yeah. them. And wondering, it does cause me to wonder sometimes about, is there, is there something that we've missed biblically, theologically, that is leading to this kind of behavior? Uh, or is it simply just sin is sin, which I, I do believe, obviously, sin is sin, and we're sure. fallen beings. But is there something that we need to rethink? Have we, have we cast this net in the, in the wrong way, in the wrong direction? So that along with some of the books that have recently come out last year, I think it was maybe, maybe two years ago. I don't remember when Amy bird came out with her book um, recovering from biblical manhood and womanhood. Yeah. Um, I read that with, with great interest. I didn't agree with everything in it, but it caused, it, it caused me to think um, mm. carefully because I do appreciate her as a sister. And so some of these things were on my mind and of course I'm preaching through Titus. And so, uh, we get to this passage about, uh, you know, sound doctrine and then what it looks like in older men, younger men, older women, younger women. And you've got this the, kind of yeah. this gender uh, distinction. And okay, what what is this? What's the Lord teaching us here? So um, I would definitely say I fall in the camp of complementarianism, even though sometimes I think this become a curse word. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what I mean, what I mean by that is, I certainly think there are role distinctions between men and women that the Bible affirms as good, 
Mm -hmm. um, not just a product of the fall, but as good and honoring to the Lord as intended by God as part of his design. Um, but then I think that maybe we have been become more extreme in how we define masculinity or femininity or how important we make some of these things mm. in, in the context of Christian living. Um, so this was what, what was on my mind. I don't know. Does any of that make sense, at least in terms of context? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. And I think that, you know, as I was listening and thinking of how you're thinking about it, I think this is one of your, one of your sweet spots where you feel like you're fleshing out a lot of your thoughts through the word and, and it's just coming out in a way of trying to not say more than the scripture is saying, but try to bring out what the scripture is saying, because applying this is, isn't always as simple as we think. Yeah. And there are there, we have to make that connection. Um, but I felt like you, you were trying to address something that is of course a hot topic in our culture. It's not something that isn't being spoken of, but yeah. if all we're hearing is what the culture is saying, and we're not being shaped by the word of God, then we're going to be shaped by the culture around us and the norms right. that the things that become norms. I think in the evangelical world that you brought up, you know, you have Amy Bird on one side, you have recovering biblical manhood and womanhood. Well, that also went to an extreme too far to the other side too. Yeah. yeah. And, and we always swing, right? We always swing yeah. way too far to both sides, but there's, yeah. there's truth. In, in in those camps, but it's how do we flesh it out? I think with the humility to say we don't have everything perfectly right. explained and flesh on how everybody is supposed to live, but we have a paradigm structure to help us think through the importance of yeah. why God made the distinctions for our good and his glory. Yeah. Amen. And I, I love the way you you said that because you said, hey, there's truth in both of those camps. Um, and, and, and that's not always the case right there. There might be some views that are just so far off and perverse yeah. and whatever that that's, I get that, but we're talking, especially within the body of Christ. And you've got this, even if you don't agree with either side, you're able to humbly see that there is still some truth there. Mm -hmm. And, and why are they, making such a big deal about this, you know, they're, they're trying to say something that they are convinced the scriptures are saying. And so if we could try to, um, with some, with some gentleness and, and some charity think through why each side is, is stating its position the way they're stating it, I think it'll be helpful to us. Um, but what I want to do is I, I'm going to walk through the six kind of statements that I, thought capture the passage in Titus two really verses one through eight, but kind of emphasizing verses three through five, I would say more than anything else, but, and, and let's just kind of talk through them a little bit. So yeah, sounds good. basically figure out what Roger thought of my six statements. That's what I want to do. Look, look, I wrote them down. I have them right here. Ooh, I, I, I took notes, even though you didn't give us a note. So I know this so. time I did because I didn't want to give away <laughs> point. I, I thought this was so i was like do i put them out there or not so, so put I more know. blanks just put the first word make people work for it they want to know the answer and record it <laughs> i think i might have to do that next time so here here's the first one the first one is uh this is again that the theme was men women and, and sound doctrine but the first point i said is 
our first statement, sound teaching is not only nor mainly gender specific. It's not only nor mainly gender specific. And kind of the point that I was trying to get at here is uh, the, the Christian life. Um, there isn't a, you know, men's version and a women, women's yeah. version, you know, fruit of the spirit doesn't come in his and hers, you know, um, one of the big things that Paul states there in Titus two is the call for self-control. And it's the same word for everyone, except he doesn't say it for the older women, but it's implied because they're supposed to be teaching it to the younger women. So they must have it if they're going to teach it. So otherwise everybody gets it. Self-control is for all of us. So the, the, the call to sound teaching or, or the, the, the call of sound teaching is not always nor mainly uh, uh, or only or mainly uh, gender specific. What would you think about that point? So does Proverbs 31 apply to me? <laughs> no, I mean, we think of that, right? I mean, we think of okay, the Proverbs 31 woman, right? We, we can take passages and only apply them. And mm-hmm. I think that as you were building up to this, one of the things you did earlier too is when you're talking about the leaders, right? Elders mm-hmm. um, in chapter one, this isn't just for elders. These are qualities of the Christian That's and right. that there may be specific, you know, even in the, in chapter two that you preached on, there are specific ways he wants the genders to interact. It's not mm-hmm. as if the teaching isn't the same. It's just, applied and understood differently in how it's passed on mm-hmm. um, with understanding that in the image of God, he created us differently and that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And the, 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 so the idea is the teaching is the same teaching. It's the, the, the gospel and then the fruit of the gospel. And of course, in all of our various contexts, the application will look a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it the the sound teaching is the same, and uh, and we're all accountable for that. And I think one of the things I was trying to say is, you know, men don't get to pick and choose which fruit of the spirit is manly, masculine. No, I I don't want any gentleness because that's just you know for sissies or something like that. No, we have to have that gentleness. It's the, what the spirit is bearing in us. And I think that goes against the culture, right? Which will identify specific characteristics that make somebody a man or make somebody a woman, but we can do that in the church too. Mm-hmm. What's a godly man? And we can use these, these cultural ideas to define it, but scripture goes past that. Like you bring up the gentleness and kindness. I think there are some who reject that and think, no, we're not to be gentle and kind. There's, there's may not say it, but there's a harshness. Oh yeah. Um, just check out Twitter. I, I was looking at some of these, you know, again, men that in, at, at some level I, I have respect for and appreciation for their brothers. I believe in Christ, but they're putting up pictures of a guy with a, you know, uh, with a automatic rifle or whatever it is, AR, whatever mm. the numbers are. I don't even know AR 15. <laughs> I don't know what the, what the word is. And, and they're like, that's a man right there. Men be men. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, come on. Really? Is that, you know, uh, that just, that to me is a, a, a superficial view yeah. of, of, of what manliness or masculinity is. But so the first point is sound teaching is not only nor mainly gender specific. The second point though, the second statement I made was that our gender 
often makes us well-suited for certain kinds of ministries. And then I added, in fact, sometimes it's a requirement, obviously, because <laughs> uh, uh, I don't want anyone to say that, wait a minute, you're just saying sometimes or often it makes us well, okay, I get, yeah. and we'll, we'll get to that. But the, the idea here was, I don't think it's appropriate for men, uh, older men to be discipling younger women as to what modesty is, what it means Correct. to be a wife, what, you know, yep. wait, that's why Paul, Paul says to Titus, hey, have the older women mentor or disciple these younger women. Yeah. Um, it, it seems that we have to realize, and, and I think that men and women need to appreciate that God has designed them and given them particular areas of ministry that are, are really good and, and should go after those areas too. I love when our older women in the church have such a heart to invest in the younger women because they can say things and speak truth into the lives of those young women mm-hmm. that I can't, and it would be not, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you, how do you, yeah, I think that? that it can easily be misused too when, you know, in self-serving, mm-hmm. you know, from a male to speak into a, a female's life of how you should be a godly wife and you're to somebody else, you know, there, there's, there's not a gender, but I think I've seen how it's been misused Sure, and it creates a culture of male dominance, right? Mm-hmm. That the male has the voice and it, and it, 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 it lessens that role uh, for the wife or can make them seem, you know, like, okay, we just listen to what, the men say in the church kind of thing. And that's not ministry, you know, that, that that's a very narrow view of, of, yeah. of voices speaking. So I think, yeah, Titus is bringing up the importance of women speaking into other women's lives. Now you can speak general truth, but I don't think the specifics are, are helpful um, because of how easily they can be misused, self-serving and not truly understanding because right. you are not that gender and God hasn't given you full understanding of how another experiences uh, life. You yeah. can just have general observations. So, no, yeah. I think it's a good good point, and it's a good point to bring up. I mean, in certain types of ministries, as you even bring brought up of the leaders, the elders, and pastors, are is, is reserved for males. The, the scripture, right. the scripture yeah. gives us that structure, not not our own mind. So that's right, and and so we have to see that. Um, that the Lord equips us for those ministries too. And sometimes our gender is part of our equipping for a particular ministry. In this particular case, the women, older women speaking truth into the younger women's lives, but also like we said, elders are, or to be an elder of the church, it does, it is a requirement in scripture that they be men. And that has to do with the fact that the church is the family of Christ and the head of the family, the, 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 basic family, the basic unit of our humanity and civilization, the man is called to be the head of the household and the same for the church. Of course, that's a a, a servant, uh, you know, of the the body, one who loves and sacrifices for the body like Christ did for his bride. But um, so, yeah, so gender makes us well-suited for certain kinds of ministries. The third statement was sound teaching does have specific applications pertaining to gender. And, uh, you know, that that's important. Um, when Titus is speaking 
to, I'm uh, sorry, when Paul is speaking to Titus and what Titus is supposed to encourage the older women to do mm. is to speak truth into the younger women's lives. That's very gender specific, teaching them how to be godly wives and mothers and how to have oversight over the home. There is a, a specific context that he's um, addressing there. Um, what, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, if I if I was thinking about even the context of what was happening, I think it's also important to keep in mind as as you even brought up. You know, he makes his point about uh, not being slanders or slaves too much wine. Yeah. And it just makes me think, okay, there's a context behind that because right. something's going on where he's dealing with the specific issue, but it makes me think, you know, is the application not greater, but can we think of there is more application than we just see? So it's not just these five things that, oh, the women are supposed to be teaching the younger women, right. but these are generally you know, there's general things, but then there's very specific things that were occurring that even mm -hmm. today, there may be things that are different in our world today. They didn't wrestle with back then that are suited, you know, and need to be brought up and applied yeah. as, as women are discipling each other. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I just kind of find it funny that he brought up the one, you know, oh, yeah. much wine. Like, what? you know, you explained in this sermon, but you can say what you <laughs> Yeah, it, it was fascinating because yeah. I, I I kept reading that going, this is really interesting. Like, what are all these yeah. uh, older women lushes? You know, like what's going on? Yeah. There? It just, uh, but and apparently yeah. in the Greco-Roman world, that was a, a real problem. And all the different or many of the different commentators brought it out. They said that yeah, and part of it was that the the older women were home and where the the alcohol was, and there was uh, in that world an issue there. And Paul knew it and is addressing it um, because he wants them prepared to minister to the younger women. And if they're intoxicated, if they're not at their best, obviously, uh, or they're living a way that clearly is not being a good example, that's they, they, not going to be helpful. So, um, and then the fact that he does address the homemaking is interesting. The fact that he does say, hey, wives, submit to your husbands. Right. And, and that's a, a hard one for a lot of women to uh, deal with because the culture around us has said submission means weakness. But, but yeah. I think, honestly, submission takes far greater strength, <laughs> you know, yeah. to be able to say, okay, I'm going to be the vice president to the president rather than I'm going to try to fight him this whole time or whatever. Um, that's a, there's a, there's a strength and a humility and a character there. That's powerful. And I think, I think what's hard too, when you try to teach this is that in a crowd of people, there are some men who need to be corrected and rebuked and who yeah. are acting um, not in a way that a woman should even submit. Yeah. There are men who right. are not treating their wives they're not respecting their wives. They may be abusing their wives in yep. many different ways and yep. they do deserve no submission or no respect. There's, there's those cases where you think, okay, this is a case. This is 
how God set it up when the man is fulfilling his role and when the woman's fulfilling the role, but in a broken world affected by sin, mm-hmm. you have you have those situations where how do you also help the women women understand? But that you may be in a situation yeah. where this isn't what you should be responding with right now. You know what I mean? It's like how do you yep. how do you 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 want to also not 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 call that male chauvinistic you, your wife's going to submit to you no matter what no that's not yep. what the scripture is it's command and i think you did bring that up of this isn't for the benefit of you it's for the benefit you know um yeah well it's it's interesting because it notice that paul paul doesn't tell titus to tell the younger women to be submissive to their husbands Paul tells Titus to tell the older women to tell the younger women to be oh, yeah. their husbands, <laughs> right? So it, it, there's something very interesting there, and then that that we have to to consider there. Even though I don't think Paul thought it would be wrong for Titus to preach and teach as as the shepherd there, the pastor, he's going to tell the women that God's word calls them to this, certainly. But there's also this very practical, very. Um, gentle, loving reality that the Lord has wants the, the, the best opportunity for growth. And that is if someone who's been through it and experienced it, these older women can give guidance to these younger women that this is honoring to the Lord. And this is how you ought to function. This is how you ought to uh, live, you know, uh, which kind of leads to the, the, this is all kind of together with that fourth point, which the fourth point was Sound teaching emphasizes mutuality and balance. And what I wanted to bring out here is, if you look throughout the scriptures, there is this balance and mutuality. It, Paul speaks to the older women, I mean, to the older men and to the older women, to the younger men, to the younger women. Uh, when Paul says in Ephesians, wives, submit to your, by the way, it's always own husbands. It's not mm. to all husbands or to all men. It's a yeah. submit to your mm-hmm own husband. Um, he then balances that by saying, uh, that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for her. Okay. So there's this balance and this mutuality. It's they're both there for the other, for the building up of the family, the building up of mm-hmm. that reflection of Christ in his church. Nowhere. Interestingly, does it tell husbands to demand that their wives submit to them? It is to be a willing submission and a willing love that we're called to live out our faith in these ways, right? A godly wife is to desiring to serve the Lord, submit to her husband, a a godly husband desiring to submit to the Lord and honor him needs to love his wife well, sacrificing for her. So there's this balance, this mutuality, um, very different than kind of this condescending, like you said, almost abusive approach that sometimes we do see. Do you find that it's also harder in our culture and our Armenian culture now talking about American culture, but in our context? Interesting. Uh, Yeah, because you get the typical, um, here's what a Middle Eastern man is and does. I mean, when I come, when when I tell people, uh, so I'm going to make a big admission here. When I tell people that because my wife is employed out of the house and she comes home <laughs> later 
then uh, then maybe it might I get hungry. Um, I I do I do a lot of the the, the dinner prep these days. Uh, not mm-hmm. not because my wife is not ten times better at it than I am, but it just to practically speaking, it helps our family. And I've said that to some guys in our church, and they think I'm crazy. They tell me to please not share that broadly. Um, <laughs> Next sermon they, illustration, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Have you felt that too? You're, that there's yep. that kind of Middle Eastern mentality. And that's a great example right there. You know, <laughs> that point right there of like, wait a second, you shouldn't be doing that. The woman cooks for me. You know, right. <laughs> the husbands don't cook, but, but even in the sense of just kind of that male, maybe not, maybe dominance is too strong of a word, but kind of that, yeah, it, it, it just that sensing of, yeah, that a Middle Eastern man um, yeah. that you bring up. So uh, just sense that I think some people have a misunderstanding of, of that true manhood is service and yeah. what does service look like? service does not mean you are served it means you lay down your life and laying down your life maybe doing the dishes at night maybe helping to cook the dinner maybe changing the diapers it's it's your wife is not your helper to serve you you're serving her and that means you also help and you also do you know so well and and look serving and sacrificing may mean uh in in various contexts may mean different things like it may mean yeah. taking up my gun and defending my household. And mm-hmm. I ought to do that as a godly man. I should. Sure. Uh, but that also may look like for my wife's sake and my family's sake, taking up a spatula and cooking, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh, t- turning on the oven or, or whatever. It may that that's that's also part of loving and protecting the church, uh, the, the church, <laughs> the, the family yeah. and, and, and my wife. And so uh, when we get dogmatic about a particular way in which that is going to look that is nowhere found in scripture Uh, we've got a we've got a problem and um and again that i think it's a superficial reading of what manliness or or womanliness or femininity is um and there yeah is is it right you know we see in first peter um the the gentle and quiet spirit of a wife uh I think there there are things that we need to flesh out there too that I don't think I have a full grasp of. Uh, so there are these gender specific things. That was you know point three, point four though is there's all this mutuality and balance uh, because the goal is to to worship and honor the Lord. Uh, fifth point because I know we're running out of time uh, is sound teaching understands gender specific sins and temptations. Uh, I didn't spend a ton of time on that, but you didn't want to get in too much trouble. I, yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> uh, I did bring up some proverbs that I thought were interesting, but um, I, I think I think the reality is there are sins that uh, men are more susceptible to. I think there are sins that women are more susceptible to, by virtue of how God has created us and the way mm-hmm. the fall has impacted us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think it's okay to address those specifically. Um, I don't think there's a problem with that because we love each other. We want to protect each other and care for each other. And so, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I, I won't go more into that except that, you know, self-control for the young men was in every way, you know, in everything, yeah. <laughs> which I think is, is true. But the last point um, in the whole kind of summary of it all was, Hey, living in obedience 
to the design of God is worship. Like, why does all this matter? In other words, it's, it's really to worship God. It's that his word would not be reviled, but more that it would be adorned, that the doctrine of God mm. would be adorned, that, that God is honored as we reflect the very thing he's intended and designed. Um, so the differences are good. We may overdo those differences. We need to be careful. But when we do play our roles properly together, mutually, uh, and in a balanced way, he is glorified. Uh, and mm-hmm. we thrive and we get to enjoy um, his creation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Thoughts on that one? No. Yeah. Yeah. That, that last point you made, I, I liked how you, you brought that point um, back that you brought all of this back to our walk with the Lord, that this, our posture should be toward the Lord. And because it's not, as we even talked about, it's not so clear and plain of this is exactly what it looks like there there's a point where you're seeking the lord and 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 uh wanting to honor and worship him but it's not law it's not this here's the 10 steps on how to lead your wife or the 10 steps on how to be a godly wife it's not as if you're putting a burden you're just calling us to respond to the lord think about the design that he has made us with the distinctions in gender and how we fulfill those roles whether you're single or married I think you can, you, you didn't get in that, but I think you can apply even that, that it's, this isn't yeah. just a marriage relationship. This, this is something we live out um, in different ways on God, how God has designed us. But yeah. I think my takeaway from passages like this, and you bring up first Peter is always with, does this humble me and, and cause me to say, I don't have it all. I don't know it all. And I fail at points. The Lord is gracious and is helping me, but mm. can I, re- can I relate to others with humility too, yeah. that I'm not going to go to my brother or my sister and come down hard on them. I want to have humility with, with God's word and what he's calling us to, because I said, we all have different circumstances yeah. in, in how we're living certain truth out. So, yeah. And, and one of the things I, I brought up early in the sermon, kind of part of the introduction was the idea that um, Eve was Adam's helpmate, right? The, the helper mm-hmm. f- according to him, fit corresponding to him, fit for him, whatever language you want to use. And I don't believe if you look at it in its context, that, that was specifically only with regard to procreation, that mm-hmm. she's the helper yeah. just so that they have children. Um, I think that she's the helper with regard to the guardianship in the garden and and mm. the, the oversight of God's creation and representing him. I think we need to recover that for the church somehow. I am not advocating women elders or anything like that. Uh, what I am saying, though, is that we need to value our sisters in Christ, for they are in the image of God, and they have many, many gifts that the body mm-hmm. needs and we need to be better. I need to be better about uh, including them in the life of the church in ways that reflect those gifts. So how that's all done, though, that's the tough part. I can't say I have all the answers. I don't know. And I'm trying to learn more and more. I think one of the best ways that I've seen this develop, you know, is in the counseling ministries mm. of how many women are involved in the counseling ministries, which is so good and so helpful. 
Nice. Because even, even as you're counseling and, you know, you may have times where you're counseling women at times and having the woman's perspective or having them help out in the counseling or, you know, being involved in that ministry is so important. And I've seen so many get involved, get trained up and they're, they're, they're uh, giving back so much to this part of ministry, which is, which is key, right? This is what this is talking about. Discipleship, you're talking, you're counseling one another. And so I've seen that play out, but, but there is more opportunity where we want input. We want, we want the, participation because it just builds us up. And I've seen yep. you do that. I've seen you include more and more people and, and the benefit that we get to experience as we utilize all the gifts that God has given. And especially in uh, the differences in our gender and how that helps sharpen and shape us um, yep. and vice Amen. versa. I think it's healthy for our body Amen. Uh, and for the church in general. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Well, I think that's a great uh, kind of point to to wrap up on too, Roger. So thank you for that. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed listening to this uh, conversation. It's It really is a conversation that needs to continue. And uh, none of these, you know, none of our episodes are ever the end all on the topic and theme. And so if you have questions that come up as you're thinking about this with us, please feel free to send us a note. We'd love to address more and think uh, more deeply with you, along with you, as we seek the scriptures and seek the face of God. Uh, Until next time, God bless and uh, hope you return. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodandstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.